Hello, hello, lovely people, and welcome to the Lovely Digest podcast. I'm your host and friend, Emily, sharing weekly wellness wisdom with you every Wednesday. My goal is to help you design your dream life and make the transition from being an information overload to being your own personal success story. Make sure to subscribe to get notifications every time a new episode comes out so you don't miss the latest simple and actionable tips for improving your well-being. I know there's probably also no easy answer to this, but why would you say that it's difficult for a lot of us to look at money and why does it bring up some icky feelings for most people? Mm -hmm. I really love that question and it's something that I've thought a lot about and I think there's a lot of complexity to that question. A lot of different elements are kind of tangled together. Hmm. background, culture, nationality, race, uh, gender, all these different identities that we inhabit. Mm -hmm. And also the conditioning, just the conditioning, just being, you know, exposed to popular culture. I'm an American. So, you know, just kind of watching um, the stories play out in the news, in movies, in television, in novels, in the family, in, with the friends around mm. money and how we value people. Mm. We both, we love to love and hate people who are financially successful. Mm. <laughs> and so when we, it's very difficult to look at where we are in that matrix, in that hierarchy. It's like, Am I worthless? Am I a bad person? Is anyone going to like me or love me if I don't do X, Y, and Z? Mm. If people find out that I have $80,000 in debt, what would they think of me? You know, there used to be debtor's prisons where people would be imprisoned for not paying their debt. Debt is such an integral part of how we look at so many aspects of society and capitalism and all that stuff. So there's a lot in there, a lot of unspoken stuff mm -hmm. when it comes to having, giving, receiving, you know, the shame around having too much. There was an article in the New York Times about wealthy people hiding, you know, the price tags of things from the people, the domestic workers in their homes. They didn't want them to know how much they paid for things because that divide between the haves and the have nots is so sensitive. And these are people working in their homes. Mm. There's shame around having and not having. It's really interesting. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of like coming back to, is this all that I am? No. And just kind of locating yourself in a bigger world. Mm. Yes, we all touch money. We all handle money. And <laughs> we, have to, we have to make peace with that and heal our relationship with money. But money is not all we are. So holding both of those truths at the same time can be challenging. Hmm. It's it's such a good opportunity. It's funny that we struggle with it so much, but at the same time, we deal with it every day. And so it's this perfect opportunity to, I mean, the more that you expose yourself to something, 
in, in my opinion, that is uncomfortable, the more resilience you can build to it. If Absolutely. you're actually working on that and feeling into your body. So I think it, it's interesting that it's still something that so many of us struggle with. Um, what might be a good first step for someone who thinks about money and immediately gets that freeze, overwhelming mm. feeling? I would invite the person to drop their shoulders mm. first, if they can, because everyone's body is different. I'll put it a different way. I'll say this in a different way. Look for the places in your body that you can intentionally relax. For me, that's my shoulders. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if I'm upset about something or focused on something really intensely, my <laughs> shoulders will start creeping up and I'll notice, oh, I can drop my shoulders. And then five <laughs> minutes later, I can drop it again. Why? Because they went back up again. <laughs> you know, I can relax the muscles in my face. I can pay attention to certain parts of the body that I can intentionally relax. There are other parts of the body that I cannot relax. Like my belly, I have no control over what's happening in my belly, whether I want to or not. Somatically, I would begin with relaxing into that feeling when you're feeling panic, when you're feeling worry, when you're feeling irritated, when you're feeling afraid, use that as an invitation to intentionally return your attention to the body mm. and look at a little tiny 10 second place where you can let go a little. Do you want to stand up? Tend to your body. Mathematically, I would say if you're in a stressed stressed out kind of place about money. There are a lot of problems to be solved. You're overwhelmed. A lot of us are going to the grocery store and noticing that a lot of things are double what they were a couple of years ago or 50% more, whatever. There's just a lot going on for people right, right. now with money. And whether you have money, have enough to survive on or not, you're still stressed out about it because there's a lot going on. Hmm. If you don't know where to begin, I would invite you beyond dealing with the physical body. I would invite you to stop and be willing to look at what you're already doing. That's what I started with. And I've worked with clients around this. One of my clients said something so brilliant. She said, this is like exposure therapy. Like I'm, you know, like yeah. when you're afraid of a tarantula and you just look at the tarantula a little bit more every day <laughs> until you're not afraid of it anymore. You know, she was like, this is like exposure therapy, looking at my own numbers. That's what yeah. she said. I'm looking at my own numbers and she's so brilliant because that is exactly what it's like. Mm. Our behavior is invisible to us. So there are a lot of external pressures. There are a lot of things we don't have control over. Can we orient ourselves just for a short time during the day 
to the part of the story that we do have some control over. It doesn't mean that the external pressures will disappear, but we can steady ourselves a little. You know, I talk about posture a lot and posture is a physical thing, but it's also a framework, a metaphor for how we show up to life. Mm. And can we change our posture a little bit when we approach money and approach our financial situation? As we're noticing, feeling, can we adjust a little? What can we adjust to go into a space of kind of curiosity Mm. about it? Just start there. It's not going to solve everything overnight. You're not going to wake up tomorrow with a new life. But gradually over time, you might come up with some other ideas. Some things might come to you. Someone to call, something to do, something to create. Mm. Creating those windows of opportunity and relaxing in your body. Yeah, I agree. That's so important um, to reframing the overall picture and it, it takes time. I I don't, yeah, again, <laughs> I think I said like five times, nothing easy ever comes or nothing fast. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> nothing worthwhile ever comes fast or easy. There we go. <laughs> I really believe that. And it's very unpopular in our world of like seven steps to this and five steps to that and 30 days to this, it's very unpopular to say Mm -hmm. that, but I believe that it takes time to inhabit a new way of being. It takes time to embody a different way of doing things. Right. Yeah. And you have to practice it physically practice it. Right. That's why I have a love-hate relationship with Reels, where I love watching everyone's Sunday resets and the boom, their kitchen is clean, but that's really not how it's like. And it almost discourages me from wanting to clean my own kitchen because I'm like, well, it doesn't, it's not going to happen that fast. (laughs) (laughs) But you never see the person behind the scenes actually doing all of the work. and The grimy work, yeah. It's not, it's not sexy and it's not cute. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Um, So how do emotions um, like shame, regret, and grief, Mm. I know you talk about this in your book, affect our behavior when it comes to money? One of the most important lessons I've learned, and that sounds like a huge Um, That sounds like hyperbole, but it's true. One of the most important lessons I've learned is to make room for grief, Mm. to make room for difficult feelings. There, in my opinion, there is a relationship between my ability to do that and my level of resilience capacity for life, vitality, optimism. I have to feel the grief of the missed opportunities, the mistakes I've made, the things I didn't see, the lost time, 
You know, it's like when you figure out something wonderful and you're like, oh, I wish I figured that out five years ago. You know, no, you figured it out now. It's like, you know, it's, there is some grieving around that. Right. Around the, the path not taken. There's some grieving around that. There's also back to the boundaries thing. There's some grieving around noticing this person doesn't approve of me. This person doesn't like me. This person doesn't like what I'm doing, saying, et cetera. I think that's also part of the process of showing up in your life with more intention and possibility is being willing to grieve what I'm seeing that I don't like. Mm. And so for me, that has been a huge lesson, making room for tears, making room for sadness. The more I notice and the more I observe, the more difficult feelings and emotions will come up because we're living in a world where there's a lot of stuff going on and it's not all roses and candy. Mm. We have to make room for that human reaction to our own grief and disappointment. Mm -hmm. And then as we do that, it's like a kind of grace comes in. And speaking for myself, a kind of willingness to be here and to witness other people and to have compassion for somebody else's perspective, journey, opinion. Normally, if you're really freaked out, you don't have a lot to give, you know, to another person in terms of their perspective. You just need to get yourself back on track. Mm -hmm. When you kind of begin to settle into a groundedness in your own life and in your own body, you do have a little more capacity to go, oh, what's that person feeling? And that's how connection and relationship happen. And that's where all the good things come from. Money, business, love, everything comes from togetherness. So being in your own body is to me like a, a starting point for being able to expand your capacity for connecting. Mm. And so I know it sounds disconnected, but to me, grief is a really important part of that because if I'm getting close to you, we're working together or we're neighbors or whatever it is. And one day you step on my toe, ow, you know, it hurts. And I have to be able to go, she stepped on my toe. That hurt. And I need to make room for that. If I can make room for that, then maybe I can come back to you in a day. If I don't make room for that, our, the way we move forward is very different. Mm. So that's to me where grief comes in. It's making room for it. It's not getting rid of it. It's not trying right. to pretend it's not there. It's, yeah, it's making space for the experience of sadness and disappointment. Mm. And if you allow yourself to process those feelings, you could connect deeper with someone else and understand further what they might be going through. I believe so. Yeah. And even the subconscious beliefs too, see, like there's always some kind of narrative of, of shoulds, I think, especially in my journey of 
realizing that, oh, I'm not going to have kids by the time I'm 25. And do I even want to? No, my life has changed. But when I was 13, I was like, oh, I'm going to have a house and have kids. And I have neither of those things. And it made me realize or acknowledging that allowed me to openly grieve and move on faster than if I had just kind of been like, oh, what? I need to try harder instead of just pushing for it or getting down on myself. I didn't think, well, why did I think that? Oh, because I mean, when you're a kid, you don't know any better. and You don't really know how old the adults are around you. And as you grow older, you gain the knowledge that helps you to more understand those beliefs that, oh, I felt like I was supposed to do this and I, I didn't. And it makes me really sad, but at the same time, I can move on because I didn't want that in the first place. That wasn't really on my agenda. Mm. Yeah, I think whether there's a reason, you don't even need a reason. You know, it's like you don't even need an explanation. You can just feel sad mm. about anything. Right. And it's more a question of, is that okay? And I think it needs to be okay. You know, if the 13 year old you was like, oh, I'm going to do this, this, and this, maybe even though logically, you know, well, I was 13, I know more now, but maybe there's still a little piece of you that still grieves that. And mm -hmm. I think that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like both and. Let's right. make room for the both and. Let's make room for the complexity of life. Yes. Yeah. 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 Today's society, I, it, I really feel like it, it pushes a lot for like black and white and making things easy and you want things to be easy, but that's not the human experience. And you can have your blinders on and really hope for it to be easy. And then I think that's when my dreams get pushed off is when I, instead of taking action, I'm, I'm sitting here hoping and waiting for it to happen to me rather than empowering myself to make it happen. I really love this conversation so much because I do think that there's a kind of give and take between pushing and ease, mm. like action, taking action and ease. And that's what I love about that physical practice of noticing that difference. Okay, I'm doing it. Now I'm relaxing. Okay, I'm here. I'm doing it. I'm out in the world. I'm doing it. I need to be able to dance between both of those places. Mm. I need to be able to notice those places and notice what one feels like and what the other feels like and bring myself back and forth. Yes. To just stop and put my hand on my chest and my belly or my face and just say, okay, I'm a person. Okay. <laughs> and then I can get back into all the stuff, you know, but it's like <laughs> ease. Life is not easy. And we do have to, we have to find room for all the things we are and feel. Mm. And we can also intentionally bring ease in as a practice. Yes. Through the relaxation of certain parts of the body that we find in our bodies that we can let go a little. Mm, I love that. 
Yeah, I see it as kind of a spectrum. Some things that you need you need to take action and move forward, but sometimes being in that space of ease and allowing things to come once you take the action, I think, yeah, that's a really magnetic balance of flowing through life. And if you're feeling kind of stagnant and maybe icky and just down on yourself, then maybe that's when I know how that I should be taking action. And then if I'm feeling like I'm pushing, nothing's really happening and I'm getting exhausted, then that's when I need to just step back and reorient myself. (laughs) Beautifully said. Beautifully said. (laughs) Thank you. So I have one more fun question just to kind of wrap up. And then I want to ask where people can find you. But how can we make like practicing looking at our money and making the lists and checking our finances and doing all of that stuff into maybe like a a more fun, sacred practice rather than something that we are like, oh gosh, I don't, I don't really want to look at that. Or this really freaks me out. I'm I'm just going to, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. What is Mm. a way that maybe we can make it fun and exciting? (laughs) Well, I will say this. I wrote a second book called What You Know. And that book has exercises, prompts, you know, it has questions to ask. One of the ways I would say, I don't know if this is fun, that might be a stretch, but I think um, one of the ways that I find my way in to a place where I'm kind of in this don't want to, frozen, can't do it type of place is five minutes. I I don't I I cannot do this for more than five minutes. That is the rule. So mm-hmm. I kind of cap my exposure to this thing I don't want to do. I'm just going to do it for five minutes. I've used that with dishes. I've used that with decluttering. I've used it with money and you know record keeping and all kinds of things. Wow. Five minutes, just five minutes. Okay, I'm just going to do this for five minutes and then I'm going to stop. That's the deal I'm making with myself. And then inevitably you do it for longer because you don't have to do it for longer. So it's like a weird kind of way that you're giving yourself permission to not do it. And Mm. that relaxes you strangely. Mm. And then you do it. (laughs) And it builds the habit too. Mm -hmm. Wow. So that's a fun little trick from my second book. But I mean, ultimately, I think. There, you know, the idea of making money fun, I never captured, I never really <laughs> captured the, the trick and the essence of doing that. Money has never been like, oh, it's just not that for me, yeah. you know? <laughs> so I had to kind of just be honest about, okay, what can happen here? And mm-hmm. being able to make things super tiny and small, that works really, really well for me. Mm-hmm. So I would recommend that to anyone listening who's struggling with anything that they need to do that feels overwhelming, do the tiniest little piece of it for five minutes. Mm. Just start with that. I love that. I'm going to use that because it, it's one of those things that I think that I need a really long time to sit down and do, but you don't, I mean, you can just work on it piece by piece, day by day. 
doesn't need to be. I'm a very all or nothing mindset person. I'm really trying to break out of that. Me too. I'm that too. I'm that same person. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I have a video called Posture as a Framework. And I'll tell the short version of the story, but the story is about how when I was going to work out, um, my friend who owns this fitness studio and who was training me in exercise class and all that, she noticed that my feet were turned this way, kind of like out. And I had an injury and she was like, she told me to straighten up my feet. And it was hard because I was used to my feet just naturally being out. And what I noticed was as I started to straighten my feet, the injury diminished, the pain wow. in my body diminished. And the, the story, the moral of the story is gentle, gradual changes in our posture can change the outcomes we're getting. Mm, that's so beautiful. that's kind of how I look at everything. It's like, it's not about this overnight winning the lottery. It's just the gentle shifts. And then, you know, a few weeks, months, years later, you're like, oh, I fixed that. Fixed is not the right word. I shifted that. Mm. You know, that has changed. That thing has changed. I'm wow. still working on the fixing. So <laughs> I'm still working on not using that language. It's very difficult. <laughs> but you know, there's a way that we can adjust very gently. Mm. We can adjust what we're doing very gently and see an outcome. Right. Being gentle with ourselves. Yeah. yeah. That's such a beautiful story. A perfect example. <laughs> oh, well, if people want to find you, I highly recommend they read your book and I'm going to get the little workbook, oh, but thank you. <laughs> I'll share all the links below, but if you want to share where people can find you, that would be awesome. Oh, thank you. Um, this was such a great conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah. I, people can Google trust yourself with money and they'll find me. Um, I'm on Instagram at Bridget.Thompson and Bridget is spelled B-R-I-G-I-T-T, -T, which is a little different. <laughs> um, and my website is BridgetThompson.com. So B-R-I-G-I-T-T. -T, and you'll find links to my Instagram and my YouTube on my, on my website, BridgetThompson.com. Amazing. This is such valuable work that you're bringing into the world. So I really appreciate you being here and sharing this with everyone because it I think it's the one of the foundations of health and wellness I think is taking a look at your finances and kind of gently rewriting your framework and mm -hmm. mindset around money thank you Emily this has been so wonderful thank you so much for having me of course <laughs> is now for all lovelies thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing conversation with Bridget Thompson she is such a delight to talk to I really hope that you've taken so many amazing tips and tricks about crafting a better relationship with your finances away from these two episodes again if you missed the first episode please make sure to go back and listen to it we really just dive into making room for grief, how certain emotions impact our experience with money, 
building resilience, standing up for ourselves, sustainable work experiences, breaking down the complexity of money, how it's not just a black and white, either you budget or you don't, either you have money or you don't, either you're rich or you're not, experience, and how to craft, again, a better relationship with money. So if you're new here, I really hope you enjoyed. Please make sure to subscribe for more fun chats like this. We have so many previous amazing guests who have come on and shared wonderful insights into how to build a wealthy, healthy, amazing, loving lifestyle and how to just be well and how well-rounded health is and how it's not just nutrition and exercising. It really comes down to all aspects of life and how those impact your body, which Bridget really actually dove into. I really appreciate how she talked about how she works with somatic experiencing with the body. And if you want to learn more from her, her website and all of her links will be below. Her Instagram is a really great resource. And most of all, I highly recommend you read her book. I'm sure you all have many books on your list, but just drop everything and read this book, Trust Yourself with Money by Bridget, because it's absolutely amazing. It's short. As you can see, if I can line it up, I am this far in. I still have some to go. I couldn't finish it in time for the podcast recording last week, but I'm sure by now I will have read it because it is just so full of amazing tips. I, I know so many people are cringing, but I did buy it. So it's on Amazon. It's super affordable. The way that it's written makes it so easy to understand. And I am having so many aha moments. And I'm not just saying that too, because Bridget was on the podcast and very kind to come on. Truly, the way that she speaks to you through the book is so relatable and so vulnerable. She shares her story with being in debt to how she empowered herself to get out of debt. And I want to share a little passage with you if I can find it. Here it is. Once you begin to understand your own mind and your own logic, an entire constellation of answers will be revealed to you. And with that, go read the book, go pick it up. It's amazing. And I will see you next week.